What's up? You're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, where fashion meets technology. I'm your host, Amanda Costco. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode is all about the future of apparel manufacturing and how evolving consumer demands are causing a shakeup in an industry that's centuries old. My guest today is Amra Akbar of Twinery. Twinery is an innovation hub housed inside MAS Holdings, one of South Asia's largest manufacturers of lingerie. Although you may not have heard of Twinery, you've likely heard of some of the products that it's brought to life, including Wearable X's smart yoga pants and Thinx's period-proof underwear. We'll get into some more of those later, but first, some context. There was once a time when a factory would be in business so long as they could fulfill orders for a client. But the manufacturing industry is in transition, and a lot of this has to do with changing consumer demand. Consumers are expecting more from their materials and products. What's more, they no longer want to wait six months to wear something they saw on the runway today. All of this has led to a radical disruption of the way things have been done in the fashion industry for centuries. But as we know, where there is disruption, there is opportunity. Twinery prides itself on not just offering mass manufacturing capabilities through its parent company, MAS, but also providing strategic partnership and expertise in soft goods technologies. And if you're wondering what soft goods technologies means, just stay tuned because we're going to get into that. Here to tell us more about Twinery and how it's innovating not only products, but also manufacturing processes is Amra Akbar of Twinery. So, Amra, welcome to the show. Thanks, Amanda. Great to be here. So, for those who don't know, what is Twinery? Right. So, Twinery is, and we like to think of it like this, is a maker space for everything where soft goods on the body or apparel meets technology. And we do this really to solve any of the unmet needs that people have. And with one objective in mind, which is enhancing their lifestyles. It is also a platform that we use to connect with people, with co-creators, collaborators, and startups in this space. And so what are soft goods technologies? So traditionally, consumer electronics or anything smart was really integrated into hard goods or plastic components um, to make wearables or smart goods. And now what we do is when we integrate smart electronics with anything that's drapeable or flexible or stretchable, these are known as soft good technologies. And at Twinery, we have the expertise to integrate the electronics or anything that's smart with soft interfaces like what I mentioned before and make 3D structures very precisely. Um, What's really important to kind of note is that the soft goods we do at Twinery can encompass anything really. So it can include apparel to headgear to soft keyboards, for example. Very interesting. And so as we understand it, Twinery focuses on four key areas of innovation. If you could take a moment to talk about these areas and maybe explain a little bit about why they became focal points for this branch of the business. Sure. So we've got these four areas and I'll I'll mention the area and I'm going to tell you why it's sort of important to us um, at Twinery and at MAS. The first is health and wellness. 
And this is important to us because we know that the populations um, that we currently have are living longer and we feel that they will demand improved lifestyles. And hence, they want more in terms of what their clothing can do for them. So really, it's playing in that space and catering to their needs. The second is wearable technology, because the the potential of when you think of your body as real estate and the data you can collect and insights you can give back to a person, it's pretty mind-blowing. So we feel this area is going to be very relevant going forward. There's also customization because it is now more important for people and individuals to follow their own trend versus something set by big monolithic brands. In a way, it is democratizing fashion and fit. And lastly, we've got sustainability. And this is important to us because the impact of choice that we have in, you know, we've been having in the last few decades, as well as industrialization, has been having devastating effects on our environment. The fashion industry is known to be the third biggest polluter globally. So innovation that stops or reverses this and where it actually does good to the environment is something we believe in and we want to practice. So those are four areas, but there's one area that's slightly outside, which is onshore. And when I say onshore, what I mean is onshore manufacturing. And this is important to us because the Gen Z consumer who will become the largest consumer segment in 10 years time, they essentially demand things now and it's to be able to cater to that. Uh, I mean, there's so much that we could unpack there, and I hope to get into detail later on in this conversation. But I want to know, first of all, how does Twinery fit into the larger picture of MAS? You described it as a kind of maker space. Does it operate like a startup? And why have this separate division instead of just doing it under the MAS label? Good question. So there are sort of two primary reasons for why you've got Twinery that sits within and without MAS. So the first is we like to think of Twinery as MAS's North Star, and it's helping to guide MAS into a world where we innovate and improve the well-being and lifestyles of people. It's almost knowing where the play is going to be and throwing the ball where the play is going to be instead of where the play is now. So that's the first thing we do. And the second thing we, we, uh, we, are, we are here to do is really what we innovate today, the hope is that it'll become our core business tomorrow. So we're, we're, constant, it's const, we're constantly looking to innovate to meet consumer needs and, and then move that to our core business, which is the wider MAS. And can you tell us about the portfolio of consumer brands that you've helped bring to life? Actually, one of our first guests on the podcast was Billy Whitehouse from uh, Wearable X and Natty. And I see that you've worked with her, but just that our audience can get a real kind of visual sense of the different products that you're enabling there. Sure. So we've got a, quite a few products actually that we can talk about. But before that, I'd just like to take you through the process we follow at Twinery. So it's a pretty scientific process that ranges from anywhere between 12 to 18 months. And one of the first that went through the Twinery process was Icon Undies. And essentially, it's, an, it's underwear uh, for incontinence. And it's been designed for women by women. So what we did with the Icon brand was we first scoped the problem that women face in terms of incontinence, really understood that there was nothing that met their needs in terms of something that felt sexy and womanly. 
We then looked at what the competition was in there, quantified the market potential in terms of what we feel this, if we, if we discovered something new in this area that really met her need, what that market potential could be. We also then went and worked on the tech to discover and solve for that need. So what that tech would be like. We then validated it with consumers. So we did live trials, people who really, who faced, had an incontinence issue and we worked with them. And then lastly, we looked at how we take this to market. And in the case of Icon Andes, what we did was we launched with a partner called Thinks. I'm sure you've heard of them. So this is the process we pretty diligently follow at Twinery. And similarly, so similar to Icon, some of the other brands that we've taken are Lumo, and this was for runners who want to run further and faster. It's understanding the biomechanics of the body. And we figured that you can place a chip at a certain part of the body, which was your lower spine, and collect a lot of data around your running technique um, and enable runners to run better and have more improved runs. We recently launched Become which was really for women going through hot flushes uh, in the UK or hot flashes as we call it in the US. And it's really understanding some of the need and pain points there and looking to make it manageable. So managing the hot flash. It's uh, clothing that has that is able to absorb vast amounts of liquid uh, which is your sweat, because that's what happens when you have a hot flash. And then also the body then goes into immediate shivers. So then it, it's able to absorb that heat, absorb the sweat, but also when the body completely does a, a U-turn and reverses and starts feeling very cold, it, it emits that heat back to the body. So that's become, and that was launched in the UK recently. We've got Nova, which is a running jacket for all kinds of weather, including running in the dark. So uh, a lot of runners run in the dark, safety being a big pain point and issue, it was solving for that need. We've also got Leveza, which is essentially easy, dry and compact apparel for travelers. It is also sustainable in that it doesn't use as much energy or water in terms of manufacturing it. And lastly, you talked about Wearable X and Nadi X, which is their yoga tights with haptic motors, so essentially vibrating motors that gives you the touch of the teacher when doing yoga. And we've also got two more pretty exciting products launching this year. So stay tuned. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to. I, I love all the work <laughs> that you're doing. What I really am enamored with is this idea that you're starting with a pain point and you're really looking at the consumer and using technology and textiles to solve that problem. I think it's fantastic. And I actually didn't know that you were helping with the kind of iter brand iteration, market research, and all of the kind of development that goes into it. I think that's so fantastic. Why do you think it is? Is that manufacturers these days can't just be manufacturers. They have to add this value. Actually, Amanda, a lot of manufacturers are still manufacturers. And sadly, and, and what you lose when you do that is you really lose out on who you're manufacturing for and what they really need. And I think that's something that we felt very strongly about at Twinery. And Again, a lot of traditional manufacturers do not really see the need to invest 
as we have done in in uh, in a twinery, you know, where we make this all happen. But we we at MS we feel pretty strongly about it because we feel it's only by being close to the consumer and understanding his or her need that we can solve for it effectively. And where we ultimately want to go is we want to be able to tell either brands or even where we go B2C, direct to consumer, we want to be able to tell them, listen, this is, this is what, what the consumer wants. This is what you need and offer that solution to them. I think that's so great. I think that you're absolutely right to point out that manufacturers kind of lose sight of the consumer. When I was in Bangladesh, you know, the manufacturers there would speak of our clients, our clients. What they meant with their clients was the Zara's and the, uh, you know, H&M's and the Levi's of the world. And I was thinking, well, what about me, the person who's actually buying the product at the end? Like, I felt very lost in that whole picture. So I really love this new model that MAS is working with and that Twinery champions as the North Star, as you say. But the company doesn't work alone. It's built into a network of partners and larger brands, including Flex and NC State University. Can you share more about this Open and Connect program that you have? Sure. So when we started Twinery, there are two there are two things that are very core to our DNA, right? And one is consumer insights, the fact that we start with the consumer in terms of solving a problem. And the second is the concept of open innovation. So these are the two things that we kind of live and work by. And in terms of open innovation, we practice this from inception. And when I say open innovation, what I mean is it's sourcing tech solutions to our problems from the outside. So traditionally, it was we looked at sourcing solutions from the inside. So we had to have all the expertise and knowledge in-house. But we then kind of opened it up and said, listen, we're limiting ourselves here. Let's source it from globally. We have now actually recently from this year taken it a few notches up. Because until this year, what we did was we scouted for technologies to find solutions. So we, we would scout globally and we would go to different industries to find solutions to our problems. But what we've now done is we've introduced a portal on our Twinery website. And what we're doing is we're putting our big problems and our big needs out there. So the entire world can essentially look and give us a solution, irrespective of which country they're in or which industry they're from. And we've got some really interesting insights to begin with. And because some of the problems that we put there, the solutions are actually not coming from traditional apparel manufacturing countries or apparel or the apparel industry. So it's actually the results that we've yielded are pretty interesting. You can also check this portal out. It's hosted on the Twinery site and it's called the Open Challenge. Absolutely. And we're going to put links up on Electric Runway so that folks can take a look. It's such an interesting approach. And, you know, you were talking about this sort of open innovation. This is very different for the apparel industry that normally operated with its cards very close to its chest up until now. But it's just a sign that everything is changing so much. We're in the middle of a a rapid transformation of apparel and of manufacturing. Do you think that this change is driven by the industry or by consumer demand? That's a really interesting question, Amanda. And actually, I think it's kind of a causal effect. I feel it all stems from technology, which is the enabler in terms of e-commerce. And this in turn is really shifting consumer demand patterns 
because consumers are now consuming things very differently than they did 10 years ago. And this, in turn, is prompting the industry to change. So I feel the industry really has no choice here but to change. And it's like, it's like 20 years ago, right? When we thought of tech, we generally would envisage space travel and certainly not people having their needs met online. So this shift from physical to digital in the way we are consuming is what I feel is driving everything in this whole transformation of apparel. It's such a fascinating space to to be working in. So you mentioned this idea of kind of like reshoring manufacturing closer to home. Is this the biggest change we can expect to see in manufacturing in the next couple of years? How do you see that landscape changing? I feel customization with competitive pricing and timing in terms of how, you know, what mass production offers. I think that's going to be that's going to be a big change. Also, smaller manufacturing cells and automation of these manufacturing cells. And, and I feel these changes are really going to happen because people want something that's really unique to them at competitive prices and they want it now. And so with that in mind, can you tell us a little bit more about Promptly? And for listeners who want to look that up, it's P-R-O-M-P-T dot L-Y, Promptly. Can you tell us more about this? Sure. So Promptly is a really interesting concept and it's actually a paradigm shift in the way the whole manufacturing process works. So traditionally what you had in manufacturing was you would order fabric, then you would dye it, you would print it, you would cut it, sew it, and then ship it to the consumer. And really in this whole value chain, the the part that the customer values the most is the is the design part, which is the dyeing and the printing part. So what Promptly does is it takes out the dyeing and printing and takes this process out and moves it right to the end so that the consumer has the choice of what color his or her garment is printed in and what design. So now the process that happens is you'd order order grayish, you'd cut and sew, you'd almost have your finished garment that's in white, that is blank, And then promptly would allow you to put print or color or design on it according to the consumer's preference. But what really makes promptly super unique is the fact that it's so sustainable. It uses zero water. It can be printed anywhere and does not require skilled labor. So it can be printed on shore. And the order size of promptly is one. So there's very little waste in the whole process. And this really caters to customers' uh, needs of wanting something that's unique, so the customization philosophy. And I think Promptly is a perfect example of where customization, sustainability, and Twinery's onshore strategy all really meet and come alive. Right. And then meet to fulfill that consumer demand that's, you know, ever-changing, wanting something personal and wanting it, you know, like yesterday sort of thing. That's very, that's very cool. How can people follow Twinery and stay in touch with you? So you can go to our website, which is twinery.co and subscribe to our mailing list if you want to be in the know of all the cool things that are happening here. You can also follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter. Great. Thank you so much for your time, Amra. Thanks, Amanda. Great to be here. That was my conversation with Amra Akbar of Twinery, the innovation team inside MAS Holdings. For visuals to accompany this episode, we invite you to visit electricrunway.com and click on podcasts. 
Each episode has its own post with images, video, and further reading from the program. That's where you can also learn more about Twinery's Open and Connect program that Amra mentioned in the show. Did you know that Electric Runway has a weekly newsletter too? Stay up to date with trends and stories by subscribing. And speaking of subscribing, if you're not already subscribed to this podcast, you can do so via iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. That's it for today's episode. Until next time, here's looking towards the future. Music from today's episode by Andrew Applepie.